The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Jack probably still low. Oh, look at that. Hey. It's a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Today on a Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. You're Golden State Warriors NBA champions again. Yeah, pretty cool. If you if you like the Golden State Warriors, if you don't, it's not cool at all. If you don't follow basketball, you don't even know what we're talking about. So if you're here. a Boston Celtics fan, you're bitterly disappointed. Although, again, it is a culture, not a costume. Racists. The racist leprechaun dancing around. It's hateful. Here's my one sports note that I'll move on. When they've got all three of their big guys healthy, they've gone to six finals in a row and won four of six. Because they went two years without two-thirds of their uh, best three players. So there you go. That's my sports note. And that'll be the last one. It is something, though, to see the best team in the league, maybe the best team in history, become the worst team in the league, and then the best team in the league again. Yeah, when you got five starters, if you got a couple people missing, it's uh, 40%. That's a big deal, and they were the worst team in the league two years ago. Checking Jack's math, that is 40%. That is correct. (laughs) Um, But anyway. Is it a dynasty? We'll take your calls. Oof. That hurt. <laughs> Sometimes I admire people who do sports talk and they don't have to deal with, you know, some of the misery of the world. It'd be nice to ignore that sometimes. But on the other hand, I don't know if I could take calls for a couple hours on, are the Warriors a dynasty? I think are they, they the are. the greatest of all time. How about the 1978 Knicks? Um, 
So I was just taking in some of the January 6th uh, testimony. I'd seen some of it yesterday. I saw some this morning. I hadn't seen till this morning. Man, one of Pence's advisors telling Vice President Pence at the time, if you do what Trump's asking you to do, this is going to be a constitutional crisis that will have to be settled in the streets. Wow. Whoa. That's wow. some heavy advice. Well, and it was almost settled in the Capitol by guys who wanted to string Mike Pence up, and it's believed that they would have done it. I've, I've been saying that since the day after it, that I've believed that if a mob had gotten a hold of Pence or Nancy Pelosi or maybe AOC, some of those people, that they would have killed or badly hurt them. I absolutely believe that would have happened. Mm-hmm. I think you run that experiment a hundred times, that might be the best result you get. The result we got that day. I mean, that's just its amazing. They were within 40 feet of Pence at one point. But uh, holy cow. And wow. everything, and, and I, I've, I, I've always believed and I still believe today, it, things would have been fine over time. You know, somebody wasn't going to get to stay in office who wasn't elected and we, the, the democracy wasn't going to go away. It wasn't going to be like, you know, going from the Roman Republic to Caesars. That was not going to happen. But it could have been pretty awful. For a little while. Yeah, a little while or, or, or longer. As once the temperature gets turned up to a certain level, it turn, it tends to produce you know, other results and other thoughts mm. and other groups and that sort of thing. You are right about that. Unintended consequences. Maybe, uh, maybe there's a reaction from the other side that makes enough people on the side that wasn't in favor of the rioters on January 6th. But, hey, you don't get to do that. And then, you know, that's how it escalates. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Series of escalations. Yeah. Woo. Heck of a thing. But, uh. And uh, I've always liked the story of Mike Pence getting advice from Dan Quayle, who, if you're old enough, was seen as a joke by so much of the country. But Dan Quayle told him, you got to follow the Constitution, dude. (laughs) Basically, was what Dan Quayle told Mike Pence. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, more to come on that. Uh, It's it's, Kim Strassel has a real good piece in the Wall Street Journal about... um, uh, looking at January 6th in isolation as like the only political violence worth discussing is just idiotic, just mm-hmm. idiotic. And I know a lot of our, uh, our our friends on the right, perhaps even the farish right, are angry at us for even considering January 6th and its ugliness. But I will not defeat hypocrisy by engaging in it, friends. That's not the way we roll. So anyway, look at, look at you. deal That's, with it or don't. Look at you with the high-minded phrases. That's a high-minded phrase right there. Well, as you can see, I'm wearing my Abraham Lincoln outfit today, the top hat, the, the suit, the beard. Speaking of uh, uh, sartorial uh, issues, that's how, how you dress and look, um, uh, what do you think of the purple high tops, the lavender high tops that one Steph Curry, MVP of the N- NBA Finals, wears? Lavender high tops. It's just, I, I feel like that wouldn't have flown not that many years ago, but now it's... A... Well, he plays for the San Francisco Warriors, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, number one. Number two, uh, you know, as great as he is, he could emulate my daughter Delaney and wear light blue Crocs with rubber duckies on them, right. I think, and get away with it. I said I wasn't going to say anymore, but the uh, was it the third quarter, second quarter? There was there was uh, Steph Curry made a couple three pointers in a row and made one one of those where it's just why are you shooting from there? I mean, that's just what are you doing? <laughs> why, why would you do that? Because he could see the hoop from where he was. That's a standard. <laughs> but he makes there it is. Whoop. <laughs> Just, what, what are you doing um let's start the show officially i'm jack armstrong he's joe getty on this friday june 17th of the year 2022 we are armstrong and getty and we approve of this program 
More playoff basketball and constitutional crises coming up, everybody. Stay with us. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Hold on a second. I want to understand what you're saying. You're saying that you believe the vice president acting as president of the Senate can be the sole decision maker as to, under your theory, who becomes the next president of the United States? And you said yes. I said, are you out of your effing mind? Joe and I have two points of view on this, and I don't know which one is right. That either Trump knew knew he lost, but thought, this is the angle I'm going to work. See how far I can take it. Or, as the Attorney General said, that Trump was delusional. And believed the stuff that Rudy Giuliani and that Powell woman were telling him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know for certain, but I have a theory. Would you like to hear my theory now, or shall I hold on? That seems like a good tease. (laughs) I think it'll keep me staying tuned. And I'm pretty sure I'm right. It's kind of a a middle ground. It's a unique to Trump, because he's such a unique guy. No doubt. How does mailbag look? It'll do. It's Friday. It'll pass, you know. Yeah, the... um... The stock market had a rough day. How much that reflects the actual economy, I don't know, but it continues to be, I think, the number one conversation in real life. When I uh, when anything you know outside of the weather comes up, is the holy crap what everything costs? Oh, it's not even close. Yeah, yeah. that's what everybody's talking about. Yeah, how would you not? Anyway, so we got more on that stuff and a whole bunch of other things. Our text line is four and clips of the week next, right? Our and uh, our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. FDA has just announced their approval of the vaccine for kids five and under. You, They will never mention in hardly any story that you see, if any, that a very few parents are going to actually get their kids the vaccine. They, they leave that out of the story all the time. And I just want to say it because this is the day they announced it. My prediction is 19%, and that might be high, of kids under five that will actually get the vaccine. So the big splashy headline, if it's available now, okay, well, 80% of parents aren't going to pay any attention to it, but whatever. 19, you say? That's my I guess. like that. I think that's a solid guess. Uh, by the way, private note to the audience, if Jack had not mentioned just before the commercial break that Clips of the Week was coming up, I oh, would have forgotten. Oh, and I thought the second I saw said that, yes. I thought, I'll bet Joe forgot this time. I, I, I had, actually, yeah. And Crap. Michael would have been able to buzz me, and yeah, everybody lot, would have Jack. been happy. But, yeah, but Jack ruined and it, listeners, just so you know. listeners coast to coast would have enjoyed the fact that you forgot it was Clips of the Week Day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. We have our freedom-loving quote of the day, some mailbag to stuff in. But first, it's a fun look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. I said, are you out of your effing mind? Dealing with the ASEAN countries. And towards the end of the trial, randos, as I say. (laughs) There's a growing number of high-ranking Democratic officials who do not want President Biden to run for re-election. You know, should he run again? I think that I, you know, I think it's, it's, we'll take a look at it. (laughs) 
clearly, today's 75 basis point increase is an unusually large one. The $4, 20.5-ounce box of Cocoa Pebbles is now reduced to 19.5 ounces. This as can't well as be r- real! Well, don't smoke crack. The man I most admire in the world, that God to me, mm-hmm. thinks I'm a God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing Bernie and I agree is that Putin sucks. I'm not in favor of the vulgarity, but okay. the intent is correct. Okay. Right. President Zelensky says the battle for the Donbass region will surely go down in military history as one of the most brutal battles in and for Europe. And let me tell you, our poll in Arizona was beautiful, and it was doing just what we wanted it to do, and it was cooking up just right. Was there anyone in that conversation who, in your observation, had had, had too much to drink? Uh, like Mayor Giuliani. We called them kind of my team and Rudy's team. I, I didn't mind being characterized as being part of Team Normal. My opinion then and my opinion now is that uh, the election was not stolen by fraud. But I only want to hear two words coming out of your mouth for now on. Orderly transition. Obviously, expensive digital images of monkeys are going to improve the world immensely. <laughs> uh, my coworkers keep saying I need to make like a tech TikTok. Because if you look at my TikTok, you'd never guess I have a job. <laughs> Take out the trash and put on the toilet seat, and yes, there. Yeah, let me see if I have anything new for you on that. Um... The Golden State Warriors, once again, are NBA champions. The base team is the best team again. There you go. Yeah, we ought to grab that tape of that guy who's been married for seventy-five years. Uh, let's let's run that again today. That was, that was sweet, charming. Yes, yeah, yeah, and and as it turns out, insightful. So uh, stay with us. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. This is one of my all-time faves. Sent along by uh, Joe in Sacramento. It's from uh, John, uh, John Steinbeck. Travels with Charlie. I guess this is why I hate governments. All governments. It's always the rule, the fine print, carried out by fine print men. There's nothing to fight, no wall to hammer with frustrated fists. I highly approve of vaccination, feel it should be compulsory. Rabies is a dreadful thing. And yet I found myself hating the rule and all the governments that made rules. It was not the shots, but the certificate that was important. And it usually is so with governments. Not a fact, but a small slip of paper. Yeah, the term fine print men is a great one. Yeah, yeah, it is a, indeed. Uh, mailbag. Cool book. What we get some? Oh yeah, that's a cool book. Uh, John Steinbeck's Travels with Charlie, and they have the pickup truck that he drove around the country in at the Steinbeck Museum in Salinas. If you're ever in that area, you should check it out. Charlie was Charlie Chaplin, right? Is that correct? His dog, his dog Charlie. Oh, oh, I totally misunderstood the book. Wondered why Chaplin never said anything. Anyway, um, uh, er, ooh, oh, we got some great emails about the whole uh, useless jobs, laptop people thing. Mm. About how there's going to be an enormous wave of layoffs of laptop people. Uh, so stay with us for that, maybe a little bit later on. But first we'll go to, oh, actually, Joe in San, uh, Sacramento who sent along the quote was talking about uh, Jack's uh, experiment on whether the Wright brothers or anybody could get anything done these days like they did in the early part of the 20th century when there were so many incredible leaps forward, or even uh, going to the moon in 69. Um, 
And he mentions that the uh, the freedoms in America allow us to achieve so many advancements, outpace the rest of the world, who are often ensconced in corrupt bureaucracies, mob-style extortion of its citizens. Of course, the irony is that the advancements of our freedom allowed us to have not only made the world a better place, done wonders to lift much of the world out of grinding poverty, etc. And so, naturally, we've decided to go in the opposite direction as fast as we can. Mm. Anyway. Ah, uh, let's see. San Antonio Dave says, congratulations, Warriors. Hopefully now the streets of San Francisco are so awash in champagne that it scrubs clean the poo. You. Mm. Mm. That would be a very San Francisco thing to do, to wash the human poo off the streets with champagne. <laughs> eh, moving along, Scott writes, uh, on the topic of kids and, and guns and boys being boys. I tried to keep guns away from my first son, probably for some lame reasons I don't recall. When he was five, he chewed his peanut butter and jelly sandwich into the shape of a gun and shot his friend with it. I stopped the gun ban and took up shooting with him as a hobby. He is now a first lieutenant in the U.S. Marine Corps, ironically protecting the rights of the anti-gun protesters. That's a good one right there. It is. Let boys be boys with all their energy, with their playing conflict games. That's the way they're supposed to play. From time immemorial, you woke idiots. And I love the email we got pointing out that often the the way they the the quote unquote violence in the games is to protect good people from predators. It's a rehearsal for what men must do and brave women as well. Anyway, not to get off on that any further. Uh, Dan from San Diego writes, I've always wondered about the definition of irony. How do you like this example? Recently, you opened a box of COVID home test kits provided free by our federal government. The test was manufactured in China. So the U.S. government is paying China for test kits for the virus that originated in a Wuhan facility due to their incompetence or malfeasance while we are trying to reduce imports from China and encouraging domestic manufacturing. Don't even bring up the irony of the Biden administration restraining oil production and closing the Keystone Pipeline while he begs Saudi Arabia to increase their production, which is less environmentally safe. P.S. I tested negative. It's meaningless, Dan. You can test negative five times in a row with COVID. Yeah, I got a friend whose 86-year-old mom just got COVID. That's a that's a tough age, but uh, didn't test positive on any of those home kits. Those things are worthless. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they really are. Uh, Joe uh, writes, let's see. Oh, no, let's go to Reno, Joe. A lot of people named Joe writing in today. Uh, Kamala's new job. So apparently Kamala did such a great job with the border, they've now put her in charge of an Internet task force to stop harassment of women and LGP tears. Since they've already solved inflation, the oil supply, fentanyl overdoses, school shootings, the insurrection, Ukraine, etc., this seems like the next logical priority for the Brain Trust. I'm just surprised they didn't put her in charge of the monkeypox virus crisis uh, task force. Well, that's... Uh, that's cynical, Joe, and, and critical of the poor woman. Probably racism. And let's see. Eh, this is, oh, we only have 30 seconds. Uh, Joe in Stockton, California points out, charting the annual rainfall in California over the last 4,000 4, years by the, the tree rings um, showed that the 20th century was the wettest 100-year period during the entire stretch of time and that there were droughts lasting over 200 years. No, because of SUVs. Exactly. Joe's got a theory on January 6th that he's going to share with us. What? And if you miss an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. New evidence by the committee also revealed that rioters came within 40 feet of Pence as he fled the Senate chamber. If Pence came, we're going to drag through the streets. After sheltering in a Capitol basement, Pence would return to the floor and preside over the joint session of Congress certifying the electoral vote. And the testimony is in the January 6th hearing that... uh, Trump knew about the hang Mike Pence chants and all that sort of stuff when he tweeted out that Mike Pence wasn't willing to do what he should do, you know, whatever the wording was in that, you know, calling Pence out as a traitor to his country for not overturning the election while his life was at threat. That's a heck of a thing to do as the president of the United States. Yeah, I think it was uh, horrific, honestly, Uh, and uh, more to come, more to come. On uh, just keeping January 6th in perspective and other political violence and and the rest of it, because I'm quite certain that this uh, segment will anger everyone, which is kind of our specialty. Oh, boy. Uh, Here's here's my theory on uh, the the question of did Trump understand what all of his advisors were telling him, uh, other than drunk Rudy Giuliani and this Eastman character, that no, you lost, the election's over, Pence does absolutely not have the right to overturn it or send all the electors back to their states. That's just not 
a thing. And the question is, is Bill Barr right that Trump was just delusional or not hearing the facts or, or what? Here's my theory, and I don't know that it's true, but I suspect that it is. Trump, who, the usual disclaimer, did some great things as president. I mean, like, changed history great things. Valuable, overdue, bitterly needed things that he did that nobody else had the balls to do. And I'm very grateful for that. On the other hand, I think he's an enormously flawed human being. One of his reps, as uh, his reputations as a, a, a builder, a developer, was that he would hire, for instance, a plumbing contractor to build, uh, to do the plumbing in his casino, hotel, whatever. And then at the completion of the work, he would refuse to pay the guy what they had agreed to. And that the guy would have to sue the hell out of him, blah, blah, blah. And Trump would try to get away for pennies on the dollar. He did that over and over again to the point that sometimes he had trouble getting people to do work for him. Um, and I believe one of the things that, that bothered me about Trump before, during, and after his stay in the Oval Office was that I never got the feeling that he got the incredible weight of his office, the incredible importance of protecting the presidency, protecting the country. He just, I don't think he appreciated how delicate it all is in the way that like JFK, or I'm sorry, Nixon, who knew Joe Kennedy had stolen Chicago for JFK that tilted the election in, in JFK's favor. Nixon knew that, but he knew to throw the country into chaos was so dangerous. He would just keep his mouth shut and try again, which was an incredible act of patriotism by Tricky Dick back when he was a little less tricky. Anyway, so I've long believed that Trump just doesn't didn't get the incredible historical weight of the office and that he thought I'm going to litigate this just like I litigate paying the plumbing contractor. I'm going to string this out. I'm going to find flaws in their argument. I'm going to find weird voting patterns in Arizona or, or or somebody's hitting me with these allegations from Georgia. I don't know if they're true, but they sound good enough that we can toss this into court and keep fighting, which is why, like Eastman, for instance, the, the, the in my mind, crackpot lawyer who is telling him, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a constitutional theory that, 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 that uh, Pence can just uh, declare the election is off and, and you get to keep office, which is just Looney Tunes. But... um. I think Trump just thought, okay, that's an avenue, that's a tool, that's a that's a, a tack we can take. Let's do it, and then you know we'll we'll see what that brings and go from there. I'll get a bunch of clever lawyers and we'll see if we can litigate this thing. Not understanding how that would throw the country into chaos. I mean, like horrifying chaos. That's my theory of what he was up to. Makes sense to me. Any thoughts? Angry venting, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or uh, 415-295-KFTC. That, that, uh, that, uh, I think that is added to my theory that I think he knows that under normal circumstances he lost, but he thought he could fight He could fight and try to find an angle, and that's his thing. He just always keeps fighting. What's the best outcome I can get with the current set of facts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, by the way, the actual tweet that he tweeted out while the riot was happening, just so you get the wording right, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution, giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts. 
not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones, which were they were asked to previously certify. USA demands truth. The president of the United States stating at that point that the election was stolen and the vice president had not done the right thing is, uh, I think that's a complete violation of his oath to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that, and the, you know, I always point this out the Democrats could have uh, made a, a, an impeachment article that was he violated his oath to the Constitution. I think you could have gotten enough votes to boot him out at that point. But Nancy Pelosi didn't want to do that. She, she wanted to make it difficult for Republicans to vote for it for political reasons. So there's just so much cynicism and taking our, our, the structure of our democracy from granted, for granted on all sides, mm-hmm. things, things will be okay. They'll just continue. We'll allow people to uh, try to assassinate Supreme Court justices or storm the Capitol or, or, or whatever we'll do. The, the, all these things, we'll, it'll all be fine in the wash. I just want to win the next election. Everybody right. seems to think at the highest levels. Right. And it's, it's no, no guarantee that it's going to turn out that way. All right, so those of you screaming at your radio and or headphones as you listen to the podcast, here's the other side of it. Can you imagine such reckless disregard for the Constitution and the country and its people that you would perpetrate for two years the idea that the president was a Russian agent? Right. When it was known two days after the Steele dossier came to light that it was the product of the Clinton campaign and was horse crap top to bottom. But Adam Schiff and company, they promoted that hoax. They lied over and over again to your face that the the papers of America, the websites, the rest of it uh, ran with with sketchy, fraudulent information for years. I mean, we're just we're at a point where there are forces all over the political spectrum who are more than well willing to to wave the Constitution over the fire. If it gets them where they want to go, yeah, you know, financially, yeah. power wise, whatever. That's it's, a good. Uh, that's a good example. Add that to the list of things I was mentioning there. Apparently, the people at the top in our government, on both sides, all sides, think that the structure is strong enough. We can just we can do anything, and it'll hang on. And I think they're they're really playing with fire. Yeah, and or they just think they uh, have enough personal wealth and therefore uh, protection from armed guards and the rest of it that, you know, the chaos won't matter that much. They live in, you know, giant mansions and they have a place in the Hamptons uh, Hamptons and, and the rest of it. I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's a Marie Antoinette-ish uh, attitude. You think if that guy had succeeded and killed Kavanaugh that we wouldn't have violence in the streets in the same way that Pence's advisor said, look, if you do what Trump's asking you to do, this is going to end up getting settled in the streets. Right. Yeah, we, we can't be messing around with this stuff. You know, I'm not the, the kind of big, burly, bearded, young, angry man who perpetrates acts of violence, like some of the people on the videos that the, the, they've been touting in the hearings. You know, the guy who is screaming uh, about Pence is an MFR and we need to hang him, which is just freaking nuts. I mean, if you're down with that guy, please don't listen anymore. Anyway, um, but a guy, not like that, but, but a, a young man, a, a patriot, Maybe a bit of a hothead um, is really troubled by the way things are going. And then you have, for instance, God forbid, Brett Kavanaugh assassinated. Maybe his family hurt. After folks of good conscience uh, on both sides of the aisle, but primarily conservatives, have been 
begging. You've got to get these people better security. You've got to condemn angry protests at your houses, at their houses. You've got to say loud and clear immediately you don't approve of any threats of any sort against the Supreme Court justices. After those cries went ignored, and then the worst happened, and Kavanaugh was killed. That that young man that I was talking about, what do you say to him? Well, now, everybody, let's stay calm. How are you going to convince him he should? We tried the normal, reasonable, counting on people to do the right thing, the, 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 the ballot box and the, the soap box and the mailbox and all that stuff, and it didn't work, and the man is dead. And now, you know, maybe Biden appoints some lunatic lefty. Tell you what, you don't let wildfires spread because you think, you know, at the moment it's useful for me. I'll pull the plug on it. Or I'll put it out, I guess would be a better way to mm-hmm. go with your metaphor. Yeah, I was just thinking, so um, Trump's tweet there and the whole, I think the mainstream media, in effect, after the attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice, the mainstream media, in effect, said, stand back and stand by, or whatever it was Trump famously said. That's what the mainstream media effectively said. <laughs> they, they, they ignored wow. it. And uh, just say, yeah, 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 okay, we're kind of against it, but we're not really, so we're going to put it in the back of the newspaper. And uh... Well, that's a pretty good comparison. Anywho, they're all playing with fire. I don't like the direction it's going. And there's no, there's no, uh, there's no indication that we're turning away from this either. Yet. Mm, I hope we are. I hope we are. I mean, because the Biden administration finally came out and, and said, no, you can't be threatening Supreme Court justices. You know, the New York Times buried the story on page 820 famously. That's bad. I don't I don't know. That's the question. Do you, does the, the democracy, do the people wake up before the horrifying disaster or after? <sighs> yeah. Well, anyway. Be interested in some of your thoughts, not all of your thoughts. Text line 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. Just saw my favorite dumb New York Post headline of the day. That's kind of a a hobby of mine, Uh, among other things that we'll get to. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How long have you been married? 75 years, June 14th. The key to 75 years is what? Well, just the normal three things that you have to do, and that is take out the trash and put down the toilet seat, and yes, dear. There's a guy who's been married 75 years with the three things you got to do. Take out the trash, put down the toilet seat, and yes, dear. You know, yesterday when we we played that for the first time, I thought, well, those are awfully practical. But then I realized, well, wait a minute. It's be helpful, be considerate, and be agreeable. Yeah, pretty good advice. Yep, that's pretty nice. Um, So two stupid things before I get to something that's uh, of semi-importance. One, I just saw a New York Post headline. This is my favorite thing every day. What are the New York Post headlines? (laughs) <laughs> Very great newspaper with the news that they covered, and then, then they also, they're some of the uh, worst at clickbait. But the headline was, Angelina Jolie proud of daughter's hip-hop dancing. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> okay, if you click on that, congratulations on uh, wow. the bandwidth to take in that sort of information on a given day. Also, our friend Tim Sandifer, Tim the lawyer, who uh, I couldn't have more respect for, until now, um, he tweeted this out. Uh, so the, the question was going around the Twitter sphere. What's one food you refuse to eat that most people enjoy? First of all, I should answer that question for myself. Do you have one? Um, one food that most people enjoy that you won't eat? No. No, I don't think so. I, I, I like all sorts of different food. Various cuisines. Yeah, I don't know if I have one or not either. I think I like all the things that most people like. Yeah, I'm scanning my memory banks. There's, there's probably something, but uh, no, anyway, not the an- notable. The answer for Tim was ketchup. Oh, T- my Lord. Tomatoes and sugar. Why, he says. Oh, you're We're, so wrong. Who refuses to eat ketchup? It's one of God's wonders. Of course, Tim's an atheist. Maybe that's the reason. 
Yeah, well, I will not <laughs> challenge you, Mr. Sandifer, on questions of the Federalist Papers, for instance, and you, on the other hand, will take your stinking hands off my hinds. Mm. Of course, um, his stinking hands aren't on my hinds. He doesn't want it. Two things out of the war in Ukraine. Russia's natural gas flows to France via pipeline from Germany have ceased. And also, Russia's Gazprom will reduce the gas supply to Italy by 50% today. So the leaders of France, Germany, and Italy all visited Kiev two days ago, and Russia is shutting off fuel that was going to those countries today. Not, not a coincidence, I'm sure. And we'll see how long either side can put up with that, as it is a bit of a uh, uh, Mexican standoff. Is that okay to say that, or is that racist? I think that's probably out of bounds these days. Okay. That's probably, uh, you're, you're getting off the agave plantation there, all right? Um, there, what was I going to say? Oh, you know, but I read something the other day that Russia's doing so much business with, like, India and China and, and Brazil, uh, who are absolutely not down with punishing Putin, um, that the Russian economy's actually doing pretty well right now. About to sneeze. Hold on. Oh, no, it's Omicron. the COVID. It is clearly the Omicron. Omicron. Everybody's about to have it. Run for your lives! Oh, it's too late. Now everybody in in this building has got Omicron because of that. The stock market, ladies and germs, if you've been following, it has gone down a fair amount in uh, recent weeks and months. The stock market has lost $11 trillion in total value. Well, since since its peak. Now, it will come back how many years till it gets back up there? I don't know. $11 trillion. Have uh, has, how many of you all have taken a have taken a moment to actually look at how much less money you have than you have? Had? Is that a smart thing to do or is that a dumb thing to do? Have you done it, Michael? Yeah, and I'm sorry I did. Yeah, like look at your four hundred one k or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. Is that a smart thing to do or a dumb thing to do, Joe? You know, Michael, you're younger than me and considerably less bitter. I, I think maybe it is useful in your younger days to do that because the second and third times it happens. You'll think, yeah, I've lived through this before. It'll be fine. Right. As my dad has said, uh, I've lost half of everything I have three times in retirement. Mm. Wow. Comes back. So, I don't, yeah, it depends. But, yeah, I think there's some value in it, I suppose. I haven't done it. I have no interest in doing it. It's shocking. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I have no doubt. I yes. have no doubt. And, and you know, we're chuckling, but it's rueful chuckles, folks. About <laughs> These are rueful chuckles. Do you notice the difference? I mean, I, I, I love what I do and may never retire, but um, uh, those of us who do occasionally think of retiring, we have a clock in our head. We have a timetable in our head. We see our assets and we think, okay, given, you know, our monthly expenses, yeah, I could probably retire in two years. Well, that math just got reset. For how long, we don't know, but it got the hell reset out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, stock market is up slightly today, but, you know, it takes, it takes days and weeks and trends to decide where everything is actually going. You know, one of the most chilling things I ever heard uh, was what you told me in, uh, gosh, I think it was like the 05 to 08 uh, hellhole Um or, you know, around that. Or it might have been the crash of like 2000. But you pointed out that there were a number of rallies during the Great Depression. Right. Where it looked like everything was turned around and then it would just plunge again. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a troubling thing to realize. 
is that they had the big drop in uh, October of 29, but then there was there a rally. Okay, things are okay. And then, then it went down again. And there was a little rally. Okay, things are over. And it went down even further. Yeah, so sometimes it works that way. The the yeah. the I, I guess that's because the front page of the Wall Street Journal, that's your investor class that actually cares about the daily ups and downs. I don't, and neither should you. Um, the following that is just, that's just stupid. But the overall trend for a number of months now has been in the wrong direction. But it happens. It's part of the cycle. That's another thing that is everybody should recognize. It's part of the deal. It's part of the way it works. So coming up on the show, among other things, Michigan's attorney general has called for a drag queen for every school. Uh, China's military expansion reaching a dangerous tipping point. Oof. Oh, that's a little cheeriness. Yeah. And tech exec says, hey, you woke snowflakes. You're making it impossible to do business. Shut up. Do your job. Finally. If you miss an hour of the show, you can get it in podcast form anytime you want. It's called Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.